Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marriage on a Tightrope. I'm Katie. I'm Alan. And we're still married. We wanted to do a quick announcement before we start the episode. Don't fast forward the announcement. There's only one. Just have some patience. I know. It's an important one, especially live if you live in a northern You're making Utah. this longer. Dang it. Go ahead. In central Utah, actually. Well, I guess we're, we're northern. northern. Anyway. There's nothing in central Utah. <laughs> oh. Fillmore? I mean... Mm. So this Saturday we have a meetup for Salt Lake City folk. It will be at 5 o'clock. You can find the address under the events page on our Facebook in our Facebook group. If you are not part of Facebook group, we are happy to send you um, an email or text message or Instagram <laughs> message or Facebook message, whatever it may be, um, with the address where we will be. So look for that. We're excited to meet a lot of you. We have some returning faces. We have some some. Maybe not returning. Some familiar faces yeah. that will be coming and some new faces. So we are excited. Also, you can sign up to bring something to the potluck. We just have a potluck where everyone can um, just share what they brought. So look for that and please sign up to bring something. We're on keto. So high, high fat and protein content, please. Thanks. No sugar, no carbs. <laughs> We're, we're not. Getting, who we're who are ready, we kidding? We're getting ready for my. 20 we had a taco year, tonight. My twenty-year high school reunion. Yes. In June, so we have some. We have some weight loss goals. We sure do. Gotta look. Gotta look cool. This is us being accountable to anyone that shows up at the party and sees us pick up a cookie, <laughs> slap it out of our hands. That's true. That's Remind us true. of our goal. Yep. So hey, I almost called you Hayden. This is the, that's a little foreshadowing. Katie, what are we talking about? For our first and main topic of the day today. I think this is the third slash final part. Hayden three. no more airtime. About Hayden getting the priesthood. And we kind of did like a before, middle, and now it's been, it's, it's done. The deed is done. The and deed is done. we are going to talk about it. And this has been heavy for a week now, right? Mm-hmm. Happened Sunday. It's been super heavy. So let's go through it really quick. Um, just so you listeners know, one of the things I asked the bishop is that it was separate and that. Separate from what? Separate from quorum. So, you know, it's funny because I never really thought that having them do ordinations inside elder inside the quorum like when they had young men's on the second and fourth sunday that that would be hurtful to anybody because i've never been on the other side and i totally get that for time purpose and and everything else it's just easier to just knock them out right and so that i did not want that to happen i didn't want it to be a spectacle i wanted it to be private and I wanted it to be just with the people we invited. And so the only people that were there were my brother, who actually performed the, uh, performed, I don't know. Performed the ordinance. The ordinance. My dad and the bishop. I didn't even want counselors there. I, did, I just wanted to be as minimal as possible. I have two sisters with two awesome husbands who are great, that we really love, but we just didn't want it to be a big thing. And so we didn't invite them to come. And I think that was fine. Um, I am super sensitive to the fact that that Hayden is not getting it done in a traditional manner. And so I just 
thought like it'd be better off if it was just awkward between the family (laughs) and not anyone else. We kind of anticipated it would be awkward. So let's make it as awkward for as few people as possible. (laughs) That's right. So we went to the church and it was about a half hour after church had finished. And we were a little bit rushed because we had gone to my cousin's farewell but we all got there and went in the room and Hayden sat down on the chair in the front of the room and my dad and my brother and the bishop kind of went up, gathered around him. And this is like the saddest thing that broke my heart. Do you want to say it? Sure. So they all encircle him and Hayden looks at me and kind of puts his hands out, shrugs his shoulders, points at me, points at the ground Like, get over here. You need to get over here. And I look at him and I just smile and shrug my shoulders. And I just say, I just mouth, sorry. You know, what am I going to say? And right before they start saying the prayer, I put my hands in the obnoxious teenage girl heart shape at a concert uh, and hold it up to him. And then they start the prayer. And throughout the prayer, he was looking at me and, and smiling and making faces, not like, just not making faces, like inappropriate, silly faces, but like pointing at the ground. And he just didn't know what was going on. He didn't understand that I wasn't going to stand in the circle. And, you know, we had that conversation that we released on the podcast about me not, <clears throat> well, about me asking if I could do the ordinance. And they said no. Um, but, you know, when I told Hayden I couldn't do it, I never said I wasn't going to be in the circle either. So that was a surprise to him. He didn't know that was going to happen. And, you know, I was talking to, for those that listen to his podcast, Radio Free Mormon and I have created a nice friendship. And I was talking to him today about it. Um, he's great. He calls me and we talk about, he's mostly just asks me about how things are going with me. And we were talking about it today and it was very therapeutic because I was able to put into words some things that, that I hadn't yet. And and that was that was helpful, but I've said some of this to you as well. But it, it was such a it's not a black or white experience, right? Being in that room is difficult, but at the same time you you're happy to be there and support your son in doing what he wants to do. At the same time, you know that he's doing it not for any theological reason. Admittedly, he's doing it because he wants to pass a sacrament and that's that's fine but then he's being treated like he's making this this god fearing or god loving i guess i mean it's the same term but this god loving gesture and it's all surrounded by me not being able to be involved with it and so it's just the messaging is mixed and it's just like it's just i couldn't get out of there fast enough i really you know, afterwards, the hugs that were given, I loved hugging Hayden, but everyone else, my mom was in the room even, she's here for a mission now, and it was great to have her uh, not only there, but stay with us for a few days before she went to the MTC. And I just wanted to get out of there. And I was grateful for Katie because she she could tell this was not going to be easy. And before, you know, Hayden even went up there, she put her hand on my leg and gave me a smile, like an understanding, I know this is not a great moment right now and I was very appreciative for you for that okay but 
you also were a little bit cold to, towards me. Do you want to talk about that? Like, well, I I don't do think we want I was, to get into this. <laughs> I don't think I was cold. I wouldn't say I was cold towards you. I was. I wasn't. I didn't wasn't warm towards anybody. I, I didn't like. I was. You mentioned we went to your your cousin's farewell, so that started awkward. <laughs> you know, we started the day awkward, and as many missionary farewells go, it's there's a lot of talk about making worthy choices to to get to this point, and there's messages being directed at the youth on don't stray and don't make these choices that will take you off the path and. And I'm sitting there and I'm literally telling myself not to shake my head no because there's family sitting behind me. And so I, you know, distract myself on my phone. Actually, what I did was I thought of many, as as many listeners and friends who were transitioning that I, as I could. And I copied and pasted just one text to them that said, hey, man, how's your how's your Sunday going? And struck up a conversation with a bunch of people just to try to reach out and do something for someone else while I was in this difficult position. So the day started that way. Then we rushed over to the church to do this. Then we're back to the clubhouse for, for the, um, after party, for the after party of the farewell. So there's this big luncheon and we're surrounded by, and hold on. Polynesians have the best food. I mean, my kids were like, chop soup. I want, I want the, I want the deep fried chicken. I want the chop suey. I want the pork. I want, you know. So that's the main reason why we went is because we didn't have to feed anyone. Everyone could just eat the Polynesian food, which is so good. Side note. Anyway, back to the story. So it was a lot of rushing around. It was a lot, like, it was the whole day was just centered around, like, people making big decisions. Being, to move, being to move an active believing member yeah. of the church. That's what it was centered around. And not to mention the very next or the very, the previous night was we had a little dinner for my mom at my house, at our house uh, with a bunch. And it was super fun to have a bunch of people from Santa Barbara that knew my mom come over. All of Katie's family came over and it was great to have everyone here. But as often happens, the common link between everybody is the church. And so as I'm being a host and going, you know, from conversation to conversation, conversations inevitably turn towards a church topic and nobody wants to hear what I think about the church. And so I find myself slinking off into different conversations. And again, so the whole weekend was, was not ideal for me personally, but it wasn't, here's the thing. I want to make a very important point. I want to make We're getting to the point. (laughs) Because... Yes, it was difficult. Yes, we're coming out of it. Uh, I remember, I remember uh, playing volleyball in college, and it was my first serious um, athletic venture. I mean, high school sports, fine, but college, you're doing weightlifting five hours, or excuse me, five days a week. You're practicing three hours a day. You're always sore. You, you're never not sore. So you, you don't get to the point where you're not sore. You're just used to being sore. Uh, this mixed faith marriage stuff and dealing with all of these issues, it's never not difficult. You're just better at handling things when they're difficult, if that makes sense. So this was difficult, but we've been through a lot of difficult things and I knew we were going to get through this thing. 
So the past successes of getting past some hard moments, I knew that we were going to kick out of this. This one was a little weird, prolonged, okay. because I left the next morning to, for a work trip for a day and a half. Right, but I could feel you like... I mean, after we got home, I was like, okay, you're pulling away from me. Talk, talk to me. Tell me how you're doing. I can see that you're hurting. And there was really no conversation. And then, again, before we went to bed, I just... I'm like, you need to... Like, you need to tell me how you're thinking and feeling before before you leave. Because we, we're not processing this. And you're going to leave at 7 in the morning. And then I'm not going to see you for a couple of days. And and again, it was kind of the stiff arm. And, well, you, and I, I don't know. I'm, it's not like saying, I'm not saying that it was a bad thing. But, I mean, you said when we finally sat down and talked through this. Yeah. And you were able to tell me how you felt. You told me that you were like you 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 pull yourself away because you're worried about if you say something that's gonna hurt me, like you can't say your first your like your true feelings or how yeah, do you explain I mean, that? I don't want to speak out while I'm in an emotional state. You know, the things that I'm going to say in the moment and when I'm processing after you know the luncheon and things like that. It's not going to be a helpful thing. It helps for me to to talk when I'm ready to talk. So if if I talk to you after, um, right after the blessing of how did that go for you, I'm I'd rather say let's talk about it later. You know, it wasn't easy. Let's just let's talk about it later. Because if not, I'm just I'm going to say I'm going to go off on how I hate how the church who proclaims the families are the most important is literally tearing this family apart by doing things like this. They're I mean, pushing me away when I'm the one that's trying to be involved. Like, I, I don't want to have this big emotional reaction where I can, I can express that. I can express the same exact thing that I just did in a much less emotional way if you just, I just take some time to process. Yeah, what I'm getting at, though, is what you told me is I need to lean in. So talk about that. What does lean in mean for you? Or what did it mean for you in that moment where you had time to process it? Yeah. So you know, I went on this trip the day after Hayden's ordination and I was still, it wasn't resolved yet. And I, we were physically removed from each other, which is makes it very easy to be emotionally removed from each other. So I just didn't, I didn't. We weren't texting much. We didn't talk on the phone. I don't think at all on Monday, the day, the day, the full day I was gone. So I kind of lost myself in what I was doing there. And without it being resolved, I felt very detached from you. And I went, by the time I got home, we still hadn't reconnected, but I was starting to realize like in these difficult moments, I don't like leaning away from you. I like leaning into you. And there's a balance between, like, I'm going to lean in and just drop the bomb on you and make it about truth claims and make it about, no, you need to hear what I think right now. There's a balance between that and just not distancing myself, not silencing myself to, just because it's hard to, to, to think about these things and talk about these things. So you, then, go ahead. You, yeah. Do you feel like you were able to do that? Yeah. I mean, when we went to dinner last night, we... so. You know that we went to dinner. They don't. So on Wednesday now, after dinner, after work rather, um, 
I was not doing hot. I was not feeling well at all. Um, physically, I was having an awkward, weird day. My throat hurt. Anyway, but I just was down in the dumps. And so Katie was like, let's just go to dinner. There's this new Indian place. So we went to this new Indian place. We sit down. And while we were walking from the car to the restaurant is when I just blurted out, I need to lean, in, lean into you more. And like that was the first serious comment of the night. And you're like, oh, well, let's talk about that after we order our food. So we ordered our food and we sat down. She's like, what do you mean? And I just say, you know, I, I just keep things in. Uh, and sometimes it's, that's not good because, you know, you have this, I don't think I said this last night, but I, I, you have this conversation in your head of like, oh gosh, this thing bothers me. And if I talk to Katie about it, oh, she's going to say this and oh, it's going to bother me even more. And then and you just play these games where it's like, no, talk to your wife. Have explain, that fierce conversation. Have the fierce conversation. And to be <laughs> quite frank, I think I need to remind myself more often of how great your responses are and how I'm not talking to Katie of three years ago. Right. I'm talking to Katie of 2020. It's a new decade of Katie, <laughs> right? Like I need to remind myself of that. And so, you know, we tested that yesterday. I didn't, honestly, I didn't have any specific topic in mind when we started the conversation. But a topic did come but up. But a topic did come up. Um, we may have to do a full episode on this. We will do a this. full episode it's on, on tithing, tithing and money donations. Mm -hmm. And we had a talk about that because Katie had made a comment that right there in the moment bothered me, but I said nothing. And I just buried it and you even called it out you're like what you don't like what i just said and i'm like no it's fine i just played it off like no no big deal. right but i kept asking kept digging right and i didn't say anything and anyway but then we but talked then about it did. last night yeah and there was a there was it took us a second to get over the initial you were a little defensive i was a little offensive and we got past that and it ended up being a very good conversation by the time we left this indian place it was. It wasn't like a full release. We just went to a sixty-minute couples massage, but it was much better, uh, much much better. The release came later while we, you know, relax and watch TV. <laughs> yeah, uh, I do want to say a few things. So when Alan was gone on his trip, I sat down with Hayden and I said, "Hayden, how do you feel about Sunday?" And he said, "It was sad," and I said. Why was it sad? And he said, I thought dad was going to be in the circle. And and then he got all like teary because he's so sensitive. And I'm like, I'm so sorry, Hayden. He's like, I didn't know dad would be in the circle and I thought he would. And so that's why I kept telling him to come over. And it made me sad. And I just said, Hayden, you need to talk to dad about this. I'm sorry that happened. I'm sorry you didn't know. I'm sorry we didn't communicate exactly what was going to happen. Hey, guys, obviously we make a lot of mistakes. Take it from a page out of our book. Make sure you explain to them every single detail. Every detail. This is because what's going to happen. This is, this is what meant really a lot to him. And leaving out this detail was a big deal, for him at least. And then um, we were talking, and and he said... Can I like swear and then unget the priesthood? 
And I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, yeah, like, so dad can redo it for me. And it was a really sweet, kind gesture. And But at the same time, I'm like, no, honey, it doesn't really work that way. You have to do a lot more than swearing to have a priesthood revoked. Yeah, he's like, that doesn't really work that way. He's like, I don't even want it anyway. And and I know it all stems from not having his dad there. I asked him. I said, "Do you think less of dad for not for not being able to do it?" And he said, "No." And I said, "Are you mad at anyone?" And he said, "I'm mad at the bishop." <laughs> and I was like, "Wow, okay." So, I mean, obviously, our kids are not gonna buy into the fact that our that Alan's a bad person, but I think that comes from. Us being very open and honest with them. They know they know that their mom isn't making this difference in belief a challenge in our relationship. There's no choice between the church and dad. Yeah, so, or me and or like what I want and what dad wants, or and that it really has nothing to do with it. Yeah. And so something else that I mean that's pretty much the to wrap up the priesthood stuff. That's pretty much what happened. But I do want to talk for a minute about our other son, Jackson. So when we were at church at um, the Tongan branch at my cousin's farewell, I noticed that Jackson didn't take the sacrament. And I thought, that's interesting. (laughs) Like, I've never seen him not take the sacrament before. And I didn't really, I did not think for one second, like, oh, he's unworthy or he's done something wrong and he feels bad. No, I didn't think that. And so it was, it wasn't until like two nights ago, um, Alan and I were sitting on the bed and the boys were, we had our, like, we have a nightly routine. And anyway, the boys were just kind of hanging on the bed and we were all chit chatting. And, um, I, I said to Jackson, Hey Jackson, I noticed that you didn't take the sacrament on Sunday. And he said, he got a big smile. He's like, yeah. And I said, well, so tell me what that's about. And he said, I just, I don't, I don't believe it. And I said, okay. I said, you know, you know that like sacrament, I tried to explain to him that sacrament is universally across most churches, you know, um, a lot of churches do it and it signifies about Christ. And so I kind of gave him that little spill. And then he said, you know, I think I'm atheist. (laughs) He dropped the A-bomb, dude. And we were like, I I was so confused. I'm like, what? Do you know what your parents or my parents would do at the age of 13? Oh, yeah. We would be in the bishop's office that night. Oh, yeah. Oh, it would have been... Def Defcon three. But how cool that he felt like he could just come out and tell us. Oh, I know. I so I was like, I had like a mixed bag. I was like, okay. And then I asked him. I said, Do you know what atheism is? Do you know what that means? And so we we talked about that. We talked about being agnostic. You know, I said, Well, do you believe that you know God and Jesus is a real person? We talked about that. We talked about all of the history and evidence that Jesus was a real person and I mean we just wanted to like give and him that's a about sort as, of that's about as far as right. we went we just like, wanted... all we said was that I, I can I say one thing I sure. said look Katie asked me to say what do you think and I said Jackson look what we're most concerned about is that you are kind and you love other people and I personally am not concerned what you do or do not believe if what 
you'd put into action is love and kindness. And if whatever your belief system is drives you towards that, we're going to be supportive of it. Yeah. So we will, we will correct bad behaviors. We're going to correct bad behaviors. But um, we're not going to correct beliefs. Like you can, let's talk these things out. Let's, let's, talk, let's talk about it. But we didn't get very heavy or deep. I, you know, I've, I've thought about it a little bit. And um, I think that even without Alan's faith transition, Jackson would have felt this way anyway. Yeah. He, I mean, this is kind of, I, anyway, it, it was not a surprise to me when he said it. You handled it really well. I, but yeah, I did. I feel like I just, well, tell me more about it. It was more of trying to understand, ask lots of questions. <clears throat> I know that my parents would have literally made an appointment with the bishop the next morning for right. me to see him. And that would have been like devastating for them. Yeah. And then you would never talk to them again. Yeah, you exactly. You would never get into those conversations. Right. So it's like. This, I agree with you, this would have happened regardless. Yeah. And the only difference is if we wouldn't have created an uh, environment in the home where they could actually talk to us, he just would have kept it from himself. Right. And then all of a sudden we're pressuring him to do things that he doesn't want to do, but we, he won't tell us he doesn't want to do it. So I'm really, this is one of those blessings of a mixed faith marriage moment. Yeah. Because he's talking definitely. to us. I wanted to read a quick message from my brother-in-law, who's literally the dean of psychology. psychology. Uh, and he specializes he in child program. psychology. Mm-hmm. He does a youth program at the uh, West Virginia University. And I, I kind of text him and said, hey, this is what my son said. And this was his response. He said, he's at an age where kids try all sorts of labels out for themselves. Some stick, some don't. The surest way to make them hang tighter to any label is to show them a big emotional reaction. I'm not saying that's what you did. (laughs) I didn't, yeah. Unconditional love, this is still his quote, unconditional love, genuine curiosity, and caring are hard for choices we don't identify with, but at the end of the day, I think agency is a real thing. We just don't have control of others, regardless of how much we think, we might think we do. For their own good, sometimes as parents, end quote. So that's that's what um, my brother-in-law uh, said. So, Reagan, if you ever listen to this, thank you very much. <laughs> he won't. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, yeah, so those were like two big things that happened and two big conversations that I think a year ago we would be so scared to have with the kids. I know that a lot of a lot of questions come up about how we talk with our kids and i just listened recently to another podcast and um this and i'm i will get, i'll put the name and anyway in show notes but one of the things she, um she said is it's important for kids for you to talk to kids like they're adults because even if they're not they will rise to the challenge of studying and figuring things out about how they feel in order to respond and react and converse with adults in that type of setting. And Alan and I have absolutely found that, that when yeah. we talk to the kids, at like pretend like they're adults, we were in generally, really genuinely interested in them, ask them lots of questions, they, are, they act a lot older than they should. I mean, our 13-year-old... Can it sometimes act like a two-year-old? Literally. Well, so can I. But uh, (laughs) you wouldn't think so by the like pretty deep conversations we have with them. Yeah. And that's another that's another gift that I hope one day they realize they received from us. I believe in science. 
I believe. Oh, name that movie. You are baptized. <laughs> Felicidades. Oh my gosh. <clears throat> Nacho Libre. Not well. I know. Anything Our else to say? Oh, yeah, you know. Anything else to say about the priesthood ordination before we get to a kind of a mini topic? I don't think so. I think that's all. If you have any questions for us, let us know. Uh, there's no rest for the wicked. I'll say because <laughs> that's a fun thing. No rest for the apostate because we have a <laughs> baptism of a daughter coming up in two months, and we aren't really talking about that yet i mean we talk about it we're not planning anything just yet so we'll get there when we get there and you can rest assured that you will hear about it when we get there but we have a katie posted in our facebook group uh what would you like us to talk about on our next episode we're going to do a full episode on some of the common themes there but uh, katie's thumbing through a few now and so which which do you want to bring up well, they're all great topics. I think that we could dedicate a single podcast to every single one of these questions, which a lot of them we were, we will. But uh, my favorite was is the max pass worth it? Oh my gosh, you guys! Name. Someone bless their hearts. <laughs> and it asked wasn't me, Rachel. <laughs> and it wasn't Rachel. Asked me about you know should I get the Disney Disney um, fast fast pass max pass, and then someone else said. We should have a Disney advice, expert advice. And, you know, that just warms my heart because, guys, I am obsessed. We just booked a trip to, in April. We'll be at Walt Disney World. Anyway, it, there we have, there's a problem. You, I didn't know we were actually going to go to Walt Disney well, World. Well, I think we should go to, like, our favorite parks. Oh, my gosh. Animal Kingdom. Animal Kingdom is my favorite park. And then and like, I just see price tags everywhere. Oh, I'll pay for it. You don't make as much <laughs> as you think. <laughs> I'm oh, not trying to minimize your I'm sure that th- this is a conversation no one has had oh, in their gosh. own marriage. I am bald because of Disney. Anyway. Oh, stop. Okay, so this is a question that we thought is pretty short and sweet to the point and one that we could answer in a short time frame. So... This question comes from Kathleen, and she said, How to navigate a family member getting married in the temple, and one spouse can go and the other can't. Mm. So we have had recent experience with this. So my brother got married in November, and everyone could go in, and Alan couldn't. And so, Alan, do you want to talk about maybe any fears or worries you had leading up to the marriage? Well, you know, it's your brother, so it's it, it's different if it's your daughter, right, or your your yeah. son, or something like that. Um, so it's it's not as traumatic as it could be given the situation. But so for me, I think th- the question is, what fears do I have? I think surrounding a lot of these milestone events, they're very similar fears. Of it's a reminder, it's a very literal reminder to everyone that you no longer are in their tribe. And so whether it's people that are in the temple or the kids that you're babysitting in the waiting room, they're thinking, or are they thinking, hmm, this, uh, he's different now, you know? His beliefs, he doesn't quite believe this. And and it's true, I don't. So I think how you can, do we want to switch to like how you can handle it? Yeah, like, so what, how did you feel? I mean, I think that there's a lot of, just anxiety surrounding the build-up to the actual event. 
was it as bad as you thought it would be in your in in your mind? And what was your experience when you when uh, you know happened? this event is an I don't know if it's an anomaly, but it was it really wasn't a concern for me ever. Oh. Uh, it really wasn't that big of a deal. Um, so uh, the the word of advice I would give for these moments that aren't your immediate family, because you know the whole priesthood thing was a little more traumatic for me and a little harder for me than than if it was a nephew getting getting the priesthood so or a baby blessing that's not your own child right so in these moments for your family member what i would recommend is to the extent that you and your mental health can uh, cover offer your support however you feel most comfortable and do so in a way that makes sure that they understand that this day is about them it's not about you and you're going to be there to support in the following way so we've had baby blessings that were earlier on in my in my journey where everybody knew what I believed, but I was still kind of in the closet other than with your family. Yeah. And uh, your brother had a baby blessing and I texted him the night before and just said, hey, we're so excited to be here. We traveled to California for it. We're so excited to be here with you guys. Tomorrow is absolutely about you. Uh, just so you know, I won't be standing in the circle, but I'll be there. And I'm, it's not about me. It's about you guys. And I'm so excited for you. And that was it. I felt like I can be there. That's how I can support. Um, so you're saying like you taking the initiative to reach out and say, don't feel awkward. Like, don't don't worry about asking me to be in the circle. Because I think it's it's even it's even more awkward for the person that right. that has to ha- that has to extend the invitation, right? Mm-hmm. But by you reaching out and saying, Hey, there's no hard feelings. I, I'm gonna be there. We love and support you. We hope it's a great day. That takes the pressure off of them and a little bit off of you, too. No, it absolutely does. And again, only do only offer up the support that you feel like you can you can offer. Uh, a temple wedding, for example, we know listeners that the temple is extremely hard. Yeah. I almost don't like using the word trigger because it's a it's triggering to me. Just the word trigger. <laughs> it just seems like a cliche. <laughs> yeah, but, right. But um I know a lot of men, a number of our our um, listeners, some of our mis- listeners, the trigger for the temple is just too much. Yeah. And some of them may not even want to be there outside. Yeah. Just like, look, I'll go set up the reception. Yeah. I will be at the reception hall setting everything up for you. Um, congratulations. I just, I can't, I can't be there. So I like that. I think that that's a really good point. Maybe find... Dis- decide what you're comfortable with and what 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 you're okay with. And then whatever that is, because you obviously love that family member, offer to do something in conjunction with it. If it if you're if you are okay standing outside, you can write, say, send them a nice text. Hey, I love you. I'll be thinking of you while you're inside. I'll be waiting outside. I'm excited to see you when you come out. If you can't be there on the temple premises, Text them, hey, I would love to go over to the reception and and get things set up. It's really hard for me to be there right now, but I really want to support you and I really love you. I think absolutely you should um, offer or extend to whatever extent you can your love and your service to who to that person. Yeah. I think that I mean who who's not who's going to reject that 
Someone who's heartless, I'll tell you that. But <laughs> but if, if I got a text... Or someone that doesn't understand. So, it's fine if they don't understand, yeah. but if I got a text from Alan saying, hey, I, I love you so much, it's so hard for me to to be on, on the temple grounds, but I'm I'm going to do X, Y, and Z while you're there, and I'll be thinking of you the whole time. Right. What, a, what a lovely gesture that is. Yeah, like we had a listener, I may have been in this thread, that that said... Uh, it wasn't in this thread. It was no. a separate post. But we had a listener that said, you know, he's in the same spot that I'm in. And his wife asked him, will you go to the temple with me? He doesn't have a temple recommend. So they went. She did a session. And he waited in the waiting room mm-hmm. and just read a book. Mm-hmm. Not the scriptures. Just read a book. That's how he felt like he could do that he's with supportive. her. I couldn't do that. I, I Honestly, I don't think I could do that. Should I ask you to do it right now over the air? While everyone's listening? (laughs) (laughs) Not when I just gave you the answer already. I I mean... So it's going to be different. What you're comfortable doing is going to be different for everybody. Uh, But but think of like, what is one of the biggest fears that that we, the the PMs, the post-Mormons have when it comes to loved ones is that they're going to think you're you're dark, that you're going to get meaner, you're going to start cursing. Well, you know, maybe you do. But judgmental. Gonna, yeah, bad things are going to happen and and you're worried about whether it's a fair worry or not because those things absolutely do happen for sure. But think about the how are you going to change people's perceptions? Mm-hmm. How are you going to smash those clichés? It's by offering that support, by being that loving brother, that loving daughter, by that loving third cousin at the wedding. It's you, being the kind person that you are is going to show people like if they do have a misconception of what it means to leave the church, that's going to show them that that's not true. That's not how it works always. And there are times that are going to be tough. And I don't know, Alan's been very transparent with people. So if people ask him how he's feeling, I mean, he just says, I'm having a hard time or this was hard for me. Whatever, whatever it might be, I think the fact that you're being vulnerable with others shows them that at least you care. Am I that annoying person that never asks answers the, the "How are you?" question? I'm good. How are you? I think you do, and you know what? There are definitely good times for that because I've had that, and I just don't want to get into it. There are many times you just don't want to get into yeah, it, yeah, for sure. Which is fine, also. Yeah. Just do what's comfortable for you, but show them your love, however that looks for them, whatever would mean the most to you and to them. I think that that's a really good way of, I don't know, kind of, and and you know what? I I don't know. I feel like, especially if you are so worried and anxious about it and you build and build and build and build. A lot of times it's just not as scary as we think it's going to be. Right. So, um, you know, I was talking with a listener today and her daughter's getting married and she had, her daughter had like no interest in having anything but a temple wedding. Um, but her spouse couldn't go to the temple and he was feeling really sad about it. Like my daughter's choosing church over me. And she's choosing the temple over me. And we had a good discussion about it. You know, one thing she said to her husband is, you've got to remember that they're young and they're in love. And I don't really know if they care who's in the temple. 
because they just want to be married. And it's true. I mean, if I think back, I don't remember hardly anyone. I remember me and Alan and our experience only. And of course you want support there, but, um, you know, when you're newlyweds and you just, you just like want to get on with your life. Anyway, but today I, I was messaging with her and she said that her daughter had decided to do a civil ceremony and it, because she did want her, her dad to be there. And I thought that was really beautiful, too. So if there is an opportunity to have a civil ceremony and to attend one of those, uh, it doesn't happen everywhere. Or like a ring um, exchange or whatever. That That's an, also a good option for those of you who can't attend inside the temple. Yeah. I'm thinking. <laughs> no, I like that. No, no, no. I absolutely love it. I'm thinking like the asking the, the family member whether it's a daughter, like asking them, Hey, I know you've had this picture of exactly what your wedding is going to be. Change that for me. Hmm. I would love to know what the conversation was like. Weigh in peeps. I'd love to know what that conversation is like. Cause Absolutely, as a father, I'm going to talk to my daughter, and I'm just—I mean, she's seven, so she's quite a long ways away from getting married. You got a wild to indoctrinate her? I'm bro, <laughs> touche. I'm fairly certain that she'll be married before my sons are, who are five and six years older than she is. But because she's beautiful, yeah, she's wonderful. I'm trying to think of like how would I have that conversation with her? Well, maybe if, we'll bring on a guest or two and yeah, talk we totally about should. we should and talk about this more in depth. Uh, this was just a question we thought we would answer right off the bat since it's happening for some people, but there's a lot of questions that like this that we received really, really good questions that we would love to go ahead and address. Yeah, we'll do another episode on that. I would love to end this episode by telling Katie awkwardly on air okay. how much I've thought about her today because she had a very busy day uh, was gone all day at work, and then she went and got her, her hair did, and then she was running errands with with the kids, and I was home working as well, and I started helping with the errands with the kids, and then she got home early, so it was just a really hectic day, and I was just thinking about her a lot, and how great last night was, and how grateful I am that you had these fierce conversations with me, and you extract them from me as well, and that's kind of a role reversal of trying... I'm usually the one that's trying to get you to talk, right? And la- yesterday was the opposite. Yesterday was, no, honey, tell me things that I know I'm going to disagree with. And you you kind of pulled it out of me. And I'm just very grateful because you're, I think that last night you put my mental health above anything else. And that meant a lot to me. So thank you. Ah, the turntables. Oh, how the turntables. <laughs> I love you. Thank you. That was a very nice compliment. Thanks. Good thing this isn't a... (laughs) Video podcast? Video podcast. Mm. Oh, guys. Okay. (laughs) Thanks so much for listening to Marriage on a Tightrope. Uh, We have a wonderful meetup. Once again, you should come to 5 p.m. on Saturday. Email us at marriageonatightrope at gmail.com if you'd like information or find it on our Facebook group on the events tab. You can follow us on Instagram as well. You can follow us on TikTok. Just kidding. Uh, what else? <gasps> Ooh, should we do that? No. Oh my gosh, TikTok. I am such a Zoomer. Boomer. I'm such a boomer. Zoomer? No, Zoomer is what you want me. 
I I downloaded TikTok because like my older brother who's fifty and a bishop sent it, sent me sends me TikTok <laughs> videos and I'm like all right I got to check this thing out and it is obnoxious. It is. It's oh a black my hole. Gosh, it's you, not even a black hole. It's, it is, I don't know how to just... filter out of the sixteen year old girls that are dancing. I just, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I want to see funny witty videos and I Reddit. And, yeah, I'll just stick with Reddit. Stick with Reddit. All right, there's my TikTok rant. That was not planned. Um, what else do we have to tell everybody? Uh, you know. Oh, donate. Yeah, if you would like to support the podcast and support the mounts, which is us, uh, please donate. It. I don't think you understand how much of big of a difference it, it makes um, in, in our lives to uh, receive donations that we can uh, help motivate us to continue this crazy journey that we're on with the podcast and the Facebook group and the meetups and all this fun stuff. And it makes those events possible as well. So you can go to org to donate. There's a donate tab there, or you can Venmo us at marriageonatightrope. Other than that, we bid you adieu. We hope to see you Saturday. And on the list, it says, bye, bye, bye. Bye, bye, bye. Yeah, that's our, uh, on our agenda. Our NSYNC, our, the NSYNC will sing us out. Okay, now I've got to go download. Bye, bye, bye. (laughs) You're welcome.